hell, hell, <laughs> hell, hell, oh hell, hello everybody, hello, hello, this is No Chick Flick Moments, I'm your co-host Remy, and I am your other co-host B, and this is our Supernatural Watchcast, and today we are talking about the mid-season finale, dun, dun, dun. season 14, episode 9, The Spear. It was an episode written by uh, Robert Bobo Behrens and directed by Eamon Cotterali. And the description reads, Sam and Dean enlist the help of their pal Garth to gain inside information on what Michael may be planning. The brothers split up to each go after weapons that can aid in their fight against the Archangel, but this may be a fight our heroes cannot win. (sighs) <sighs> you always do that deep side it's always tense this season they just are kind of head down feet running about the whole thing yeah that's true true that yeah and they are wasting no time into bringing the <laughs> bloodbath to us but it's a festive it's a festive oh bloodbath. i know the little rocking around the christmas tree playing because we start off in kansas city missouri we're going through this building. They called it Fleecewell Capital Advisors. So I'm like, mm-hmm, a little on the nose there. I like it. <laughs> but it feels like the whole Christmas vibe is going on. But as we are looking through the items on the ground, it's not just discarded plates and clothing. It is also blood and shattered objects. A man has run out of a room. He's pounding on the elevator only to be caught by a vampire in a Santa hat. And what did what did you think about the little gag here? Uh, well, of course, my first thought is those fucking teeth. Ugh. I know. And B, you actually told me right before we started recording that this was a vampire. I thought it was a werewolf. What? I I know. My, my notes had vamp, crossed out, then wolf, then crossed out, then vamp again. <laughs> He has the thick wolf teeth. They're bad, but they're still like... It's like same hat, same hat. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently the wiki says vampire. So let's just go with that. Yeah. Yeah. We we hear some screams. We see the bloody abandoned floors of this uh, complex. But then we see a man running through the hallway and doing the David Yeager pounding on the... uh, Yep. uh, Terrible survival instincts. (laughs) Go for the stairs. Go for the stairs. Maybe I'm thinking of fire rules instead of like vampire rules. But anyways. (laughs) Pounding on the elevator button. And he turns around and uh, surprise Santa werewolf. Santa vampire. I have Santa werewolf in my notes, so. It, it's like 50-50. We can uh-huh. call them both. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, so Santa had Beastie, and he grabs the guy by the throat, and then there's this little gag that he looks up and he sees mistletoe, and then he leans in close like he's gonna kiss him and then breaks his neck instead. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm bored. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt about the gag. Yeah, I don't know how I felt about it. I was just like, one of those terrible pun moments. Like, you hear it, you're just like, oh, come on, really? Yeah, really? Did we have to? But I guess it was important because <laughs> when the dude disposes of this body and returns to Michael, he says that he didn't feed and he's all prepped for the plans tomorrow. Yep. And we get to see Michael in his new vessel for the first time. Lady Michael. I love her. Gorgeous. Stunning. Amazing. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Show-stopping. Spectacular. Yes. And she's staring out of the window at the rest of the city. And the dude asks, like, why here? Why this building? And she's just like, I like the view. Yeah. And then um, Melanie, who was the werewolf from episode two, she returns with a couple of volunteers. And here we see Garth. The last of the new recruits. And Garth, yes. Uh, we have we have this uh, dude bro looking character and a red hat and a hoodie. And then, and then we slowly pan over and it's Garth! And me, I'm like, I'm gobble gobble up on those tidbits like when we name drop him or when we saw his photo in the Men of Letters surveillance in season 12. But then we actually have Garth back. I don't even know how long it's been, but it's been a while. Yeah, I was going to ask, but it's it's one of those things. It's like, I'll say it once, I'll say it again. But anytime that they do those little name drops, it just helps bolster the world building that we're seeing. And then here we get to actually see him. Yes, yes. I think season nine was the last time that we saw Garth, but don't quote me on that. Uh, Michael says, uh, I know you. I recognize you. Yeah, you're one of Dean's friends. And Garth does the surprising turn here and says, yeah, I still am. Yeah, I know. And I was like, oh, Garth. Oh. I know. It was like risky biscuits right off the bat. But he says, once a friend in the Winchesters, always friends of the Winchesters, but... But this is a war. This is your war that you started. And I have a family to think of. I have a daughter. And, you know, when push comes to shove, you have to be on the winning side of that war. Yeah. Like it or not. And Michael just gives him a speculative look and accepts it. Yeah, we don't question it any further than that. But I'm like, oh, Garth's so serious. Where's my Garth? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we're left on this tense note, but... And then we follow immediately to a light note. Mm -hmm. Jack is sneaking cookie cereal in the middle of the night. (laughs) He is sneaking a midnight snack, and he's caught out by Cass. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, light snaps on and just immediately hand in cookie jar moment uh-huh, where literally don't don't tell Sam, Jack says. <laughs> and Cass is basically saying that, okay, if you have insomnia, I kinda get it because the whole dying and reviving thing. Yeah, it's been a rough week. Yeah. And just Jack being like, Yeah, I, I died and I came back and Cass being basically, Yeah, we've all been through it. Like it's something of a rite of passage around here. I'm like, thank you for lampshading that one. Hey, we've only had one resurrection this season. Thank you very much. But Jack says, no, it's not that. Uh, He's worried about heaven. Yes. Right? And in specifics, his mom. Yeah, he says, is heaven okay? Because, you know, it's not looking good up there. He was only there for five minutes. and Yeah, and it's not lining up with his expectations, too. Like, what he heard of was just, like, this perfect place where everyone wants to be. And now Jack goes, well, how did the empty get in? How is it not perfect? Like, how how could this happen? Yeah, and Cass says... uh heaven's gonna be okay he he puts a little plug in for naomi here he says you know naomi's complicated but uh she will do everything in her power to protect the souls in her charge yeah Cass, he taps the table twice, he's getting ready to get up, and mm. then Jack brings up the fact that, you know, you made that deal for me, why why aren't you telling Sam and Dean? 
Yeah, he says, your deal. And it's obviously something that's like eating away at him. And I mean, one part, this is a burden of, you know, something to know. And one part, Jack doesn't keep secrets. It's not in Jack's nature, I wouldn't think. Yeah. And to have someone do this for him, I think, is a little foreign for him as well. Yeah. And he says, why can't we tell Sam and Dean? And Cass. Yeah. Cass, you were doing so good. Oh my God. He says, it's not that they can't know. They can know. I just don't want them to know. Yeah. They don't need this burden. You don't need this burden. Oh, but Jack is like, you did that for me. Like, I do feel some responsibility in here. And the fact that, you know, you are isolated with this, like not a good scene. And Cass tries to be reassuring in the most depressing way possible he says he says oh no don't worry don't worry speaking on the terms of the deal you know he says the darkness says that it will only take me when i'm truly and uncomplicatedly happy when i am absolutely content and he says he says i don't see that happening anytime soon yeah (laughs) Yeah. Have you seen this life? It's rarely happy. So like, we're good. The the empty got the raw side of this deal. I know. He's like, I'm just looking. I'm just like red face looking at the fuming at the screen. Like, oh my God, Cass. Oh, no. Jack here goes, I'm sorry. But it's not just like a, I'm sorry that you're experiencing this. It's also like, I'm sorry you think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, Cass has been doing really good right with his you know uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for taking steps to feel like he's part of the family he he's united front he doesn't feel like he's just this extraneous element right his like self-confidence isn't exactly the right word but um in his he's been becoming more comfortable in with his place and he's been happier but for him to come out and say this it's it's like, oh, it's so, it's such a blow just because. It's a, it's backsliding. Like, it's going back to that lone wolf thing that is such a problem for any of our leads when they start doing that. Yeah, but he also says it so, you know, he seems very settled in what he's saying. I don't know. He yeah. says it with nonchalance. A, a yeah, a Like, just this mellowness, this acceptance, and I don't know what to think of it. I mean, if you have this level of internalized acceptance that your life is going to be miserable, I'm like, please see a therapist. Like, I'm concerned for you, and I want things that are better for you than that. (laughs) Exactly. But then Kaz... Okay. Okay, Half of of my notes for, like, half a page are just in all caps. Kaz! He's like, it's okay, Jack. And then to deflect or distract, he snatches away the crunch cookie crunch and uh, says, hey, you know, enjoy the little things of life in life. He says, at least we have crunch cookie crunch. And he sticks his whole big old hand in there and he takes out a handful and he crunches down with such smugness. And I'm just like, cast your fucking face. It's such a parent move, too. Like, I'm going to distract the kid with, like, sugar. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Cass's fucking face. And then it's just, oh. And he's smiling. And and then and then Jack says, 
were you the one who took the decoder ring out of the box and oh my god i pull my eyelids halfway down (laughs) my face i'm like this is suffering (laughs) he he has a little a little conspiratorial moment with his son and says Mm -hmm. the uh, what what did you say the the password is cookie-tacular. I'm like, <laughs> I hate this cereal, but I, I love it this so moment. Much. I hate it, and I love it so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sam and Garth are on the phone, and yay, big reveal. Garth is not, ha- Garth has not actually turned traitor. Yeah. He's not betraying the Winchesters here. He's actually just feeding them information. Yeah. And essentially, Sam and his network have heard these rumors about volunteers being picked by Michael. And so they needed sort of eyes and ears on the scene. And Garth got pulled out of retirement to do this. Yeah. And and Sam, Garth is just talking a mile a minute. I'm like, yay, there's my Garth. There he he is. And Sam is, you know, trying to get an edge in a word in edgewise. He says, you know, just be safe. Basically, he's just like, this is great, Garth. You're doing great. But just, you know, don't go too deep into this persona that you're playing. Uh huh. Uh huh. And Garth relays that they want him to become one of Michael's monsters. They want him to get this Michael power up, which is a bit of Michael's grace mixed in with blood. And Sam says, no, 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 no. You can't do that. <laughs> no, no, yep, no, 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 yep. no. Sounds bad too bad. We ain't doing that one. Bad idea. And, and Garth is like, no, no, it's fine. I'll just do the old uh, swallow and spit trick. Yeah, the cough syrup trick I used to use on my mom. And Sam's like, are you seriously comparing your mom to an archangel at this moment? <laughs> like one is going to be significantly trickier to fool. And, and Garth is like, no, no, it'll be fine. And then he gets cut off because uh, dude bro Chad comes in. His name's not Chad, but we, we agreed to call him Chad. Yeah, he's a Chad. He's totally a Chad. Yeah, Sam's super worried. Garth is confident. And Sam's like, are you seriously hanging up on me right now? And Garth is like, yeah, I love you. Bye. Like, <laughs> he's immediately gone and off. And Dean enters seeing that Sam is still super worried and Dean tries to comfort him just saying, you know, he'll be okay. He's fooled Michael so far. Yeah. But Sam is still worried about the repercussions because he pulled Garth out of retirement. And if anything happens to Garth, then it's on Sam as far as Sam's concerned. Yeah, but Dean is being very optimistic here. He says, the way I see it, we're actually a step ahead uh, this time. And this is more than we've had to work on before. Yes. He's bolstered by their latest victories, like particularly with Jack and now the information coming in. And Dean just says, I like our odds. Yeah. Which is funny seeing as they don't actually have anything against Michael yet, but but we don't know about these things yet, but we are going to learn about one right now when Cass comes in and says, it's catch. Yes. And it's like, oh, we've name dropped him already this season, but now we actually get to see him or at least see him him on screen on screen i know i know i was i was happy for this little cameo too um we have video catch on a video call uh the laptop is on the war table and um he's talking to jack as we enter this scene jack is sitting in front of the computer and um catch is 
killing Jack with his heroic deeds and, and yes. finding and extracting this egg from this uh, criminal compound. And it's total story time. Jack is just sitting in front of the computer with like this big smile on his face and he's like so engaged. Oh yeah. Ketch is so happy to have a captive audience too. Yeah. You can see he's like, no big deal. You know, there was dogs or security system. This uh-huh. angry Hungarian that he was stealing the egg from. Uh-huh. And so we find out that when Ketch was getting ready to fly back to the United States, he was ambushed by a bunch of mercenaries. And in order to basically lose their scent, he put the egg into the mail. <laughs> and, you know, it should be arriving day after tomorrow. And it's just, oh my god, Dean's face here. Everyone's face. I watched this scene like three times because I you had to, I mean, it was just... Everyone had these priceless oh, yes. Oh, yes. moments where, so, <laughs> oh, poor Ketch, he's uh, he's telling a story to Jack and he's having a great old time of it. But then, you know, when Sam, Dean, and Cass walk in, they're like, okay, what's up? Let's go. Uh, and Ketch is like, what? No, no, hello? And they're like, no, come on, let's go. Yeah. And he's no. like, oh, <laughs> pouty. Cass and Dean are just like, cut to the chase. We need the important shit. They're just super impatient. I know, pouty catch. I was like, oh, he got his story interrupted. <laughs> and um, and as catch is going through saying, like, I had to drop it like a hot potato and it's in the mail. And they're like, you put the one weapon that we have against the Archangel Michael in the mail. And everyone is is just oh my god they're like oh my god just yeah catch is like i'm sorry was that on the list of things not to do because i didn't (laughs) see it when i signed up for this and then sam says no no catch it's okay we we're not mad we appreciate the effort and then dean just bursts out do we (laughs) i know dean just has zero time for catch and like zero appreciation of what just unfolded here well so does Cass. Oh, I know. They both are just <laughs> eye rolls abound. They need the egg now. They do not care. Catch paid for certified priority express. He paid like, extra. Oh, I, I was with Dean there too. He's just like, oh, he paid extra. Like that makes it fine. <laughs> no. Oh my God. No, I was, I was with kicked puppy catch on this one, I think. <laughs> and, and, you know, catch goes, okay, sorry, chaps. And Cass walks off and Dean just kind of gestures to catch like look what you just did <laughs> like, like I said every person on the screen was so on point with their oh. complete doneness and it's very individual ways and it was just appreciated as, from me as the viewer yeah. yes a good Mwah. light moment considering how serious this episode is going to be because we go from the scene right there we now are back at the kansas city high rise where um garth and chad are waiting and the dude is just chatting about the change the ultimate power up you know fortnite and i'm like fortnite, fortnite. again <laughs> who on the writing staff plays this yeah he's dropping fortnite terms in in his conversation garth it just keeps looking at him like what and and he says, dude, Fortnite. I'm like, oh my god, come on, guys. Yeah. Know <laughs> oh, your it's audience, fine. Chad. I am not, I'm I'm not bitter. I'm not a bitter old person. B, you can be I'm a bitter I'm not old bitter, person. I'm just old. Like, 
But um, Melanie now enters and she gives a vial of Michael's power up to Chad. And Chad just glugs it right back and yeah. his eyes do the glowy bit. Now it is time for Garth. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And Garth takes the vial with trepidation. And Melanie is standing in front of him, just looking, yeah, go on, go on. And and uh, she says, it's okay, only about one in seven of our volunteers explode after they drink it. <laughs> Garth, oh, Russian roulette odds, yeah, I like that. Yeah, 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 that's, it sounds like my kind of game. Uh, but I really wanted in that moment for when she said that for them to cut to Chad, like looking startled and betrayed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I just did what? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, I would have liked to have known that before. No, but yeah, <laughs> uh, that's what I choose to believe. Chad, Chad had a little existential crisis moment right there. Or he maybe just wasn't self-aware enough to realize <laughs> that like, oh, I could have been one of those seven. He's like, yeah, dude, it's fine. Like, buck up. So, so Garth just says salute and then bolts it back. And he's very obviously and uncomfortably holding this liquid in his mouth. And Melanie is still, and I, I like the Melanie actress too. She was good for this. She was just like yes. the mom face, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Honey, your eyes glow once you've drank it. Like, you aren't <laughs> fooling anybody. And sure enough, when Michael enters into the room, Garth has no choice but to swallow the elixir down. Yep. Yep. So he takes the shot and we get, we're getting a sense of his hearing. He is focusing it towards Melanie and Michael's conversation on the other side of the room while Chad is going on and on about like, hey, my buddy, like he felt like he broke out in sweat and then he got like blah, blah. And Garth just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyways, I'm listening to this whole information about an abandoned recycling center in Omaha that has her, quote unquote, with the spear. Yeah. And and Michael is saying, send forces to eliminate her. Uh, I want this weapon off the table. Yeah, I want it destroyed and off the board. And yeah, the bro is chatting, but Garth is just like, Shh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he hears also Michael and Melanie mentioning tomorrow's plan and that their monsters are taking position, waiting for Michael's order. And what that order is, is left unspoken in this scene. But we go back to Sam, Dean, Cass, and Jack, and they are looking at a computer on the war table, and they have a map pulled up for Joplin, Missouri. Yep. Sam is saying, yeah, it's uh, actually pretty close. It's uh, at the post office in Joplin. It. <laughs> he has a little self-depreciating laugh there. He's like, it would have gotten to us uh, here in Lebanon if it wasn't for the holiday. They're closed for the holiday. Yeah. And aren't you happy now that Catch sprung for the tracking? Because honestly, if you had to find this routing during like yeah. Christmas deliveries, come on, let's give yeah. him a little bit of points there. He paid extra. <laughs> But they decide that they're going to just break into the facility and grab the egg. You know, we need it now. This is the best way. Yeah. But Garth calls and he now brings the information about Omaha to them, gets the address to them and name drops the spear into the conversation. Yeah. And when Sam asks him about it, Garth lies and says that he didn't drink Michael's elixir, but he just heard Michael's plan. And the big plan with a capital P. We have Sam standing in front of the war table relaying what he just heard from Garth and uh, Dean says the the whole damn town. 
Yep. It's gonna be a bloodbath, says Sam. And Cass is pensive. He's sitting close by. Dean, Jack is sitting there as well. And they are going through the logistics of attacking and turning Kansas City on a whole on a night when everyone's guard is down. You know, it's going to be Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's eggnogged up. Uh, What a dick move. (laughs) Yeah. And if the plan is tomorrow at midnight, then they want to get there with the spear before Michael gives the signal. Yeah. So Dean points to the spear, says, well, if Michael's after it, so maybe it might even kill him, you know? If it's a big enough threat that Michael wants it off the board, then we ought to grab it. And Cass also brings up the fact that new Bobby is working on improving the angel cuffs. It might be able to hold Michael. And Sam goes, yeah, and then we have the egg. We have Rowena's spell. We might be able to put Michael in the cage. So this is like a lot in a good way. I mean, we actually have a solid plan here. We have options. This is this yeah. is good. For the first time, it's not like, here is our last ditch effort item that we're going to use because it's the only thing available to us. They're like, we actually have a to-do list. We have a checklist of things to prep. Like, guys, I don't think we've ever been this organized. And like... And you see, you see how Dean is bolstered by this. He says, all right, I say we get both. Yep. We don't have to choose. Dean is like, me and Cass, we're going to get the spear Jack and Sam, you go get the egg. We will meet at Hitomi Center at the place where we know Michael is at. And we're just going to fuck shit up. Yeah, we have a plan. And they seem to feel good about the plan. And and we cut to uh, some long shots of the Impala. The Impala on a mission. Yep. Dean is driving hellbent. <laughs> we're taking those corners rough. You're lucky no oncoming traffic is coming. Oh, and they arrive at the recycling facility at outside of Carter Lake. And Dean and Cass climb out. And Cass is just kind of amazed that Dean seems so happy because he points out, like, we just drove this whole way with a broken tape deck and you didn't bitch once. Like, wow. Yeah, he says, you seem good lately. Happy, even. And Cass, your face is betraying you. But... Oh, I know. And like the longest silence ever following when Dean says like, I'm fired up because we got Jack back, no strings attached. Oh my God. So, I mean, like, okay. <laughs> Last week with the cast deal, it was like, it blew my mind at the time of watching. And I was just worried sick for for the whole season on this cast deal. But then, you know, last week when we rewatched, it was like, I had a bit of an absence of those like sinking, oh my God, cast made a deal feelings for the most part. <laughs> oh my God, guess what? They're all coming back to me now. <laughs> oh man. Because uh. yeah, Dean says he is so, so peppy. And he says, we had a win. And when was the last time we had a no strings attached win? And Cass, uh, like you said, the longest silence, he just... Cass is just crickets. <laughs> he just, he doesn't know what to say. He No, he's not good at lying here. He drops his eyes and he just nods to himself a couple of times and he's like, okay, buck up, bucko. Yep. They're going to go walk and talk. And Cass points out that it's a big risk going after the sphere. But Dean says that Michael conned him, kept him trapped and drowning in his own body. And he thought he understood what it was like for Cass and Sam when they were possessed, respectively, by Lucifer. But he didn't get it at all. 
who's going to talk about the fact that Dean is voluntarily opening up to Cass without any prodding, and I just want to sit down and... Uh, I know. Like, it. we saw Dean for episodes trying to deny the fact that he had been through something with Michael, like... We said that he just wanted to parcel it up into a box and tuck tape it close and put that box away. But here he is just almost casually, or I would say maybe confidently mentioning that he is acknowledging he was tortured. Yeah, and it's to Cass, and it's like the the first time this season that we have, you know, a solid conversation between Cass and Dean Solo. I, I think that we get this a lot. I don't think that I, I don't think that my little shipper heart is stretching to say <laughs> that when we get Dean and Cass alone, Dean just blooms. He just opens up like a fucking flower. Um, he has so much trust in Cass that it's not with any hesitation that he would say something like this. Exactly. And it's just so solid, this relationship, and it just breaks my fucking heart. It doesn't break my heart. It breaks my heart and mends it and also gives me a stomachache from <laughs> from the feels. That's, that's shipping in a nutshell, right? Yeah. Hey, I'm suffering. Thanks. <laughs> I love it. Thanks. <laughs> so Dean says that, he, yeah, he'd be happy if they could trap Michael, but he won't actually be happy until he gets to kill Michael himself. Yeah. And so they continue walking through this abandoned center and Dean gets out his gun, Cass gets out his angel blade and they enter the facility. Well, and- that was a great shot. That was a great little like cinematic moment when they approach this warehouse door and Dean draws his gun at the exact same moment that Cass summons his blade. And it was just, you know, I like the directing there. Kudos. And I like the fact that when they entered into the facility, we get this little shot of the door being left ajar. And it makes me think at the end of the episode what Michael was saying. Oh, we did yeah. kind of zoom in on that, didn't we? I thought that was a little odd, and I get it now. <laughs> At least I'm like, here is my Tumblr post all talking about the symbol. Like, that's where I'm at. I'm like, they, you could leave the door open for practical reasons, but... I just... Uh... You couldn't just let me have my nice little hunter husband moment, could you? Could you? You couldn't I gotta let me have find it. the pain. I, I'm like, oh, that hurt. I'm gonna touch it again. <laughs> so they enter. They enter into this warehouse, but we we don't really see the, uh, what's going on yet because we cut immediately to Sam and Jack at the post office. Yeah, they're at Joplin, and Sam has disconnected the security system, and he's getting ready to lock pick the door. But Jack says, "No, I want to," uh-huh. and he succeeds. And he said that you know I learned it online, and I just wanted to stay useful. Used to be I could do this um, just by touching the handle, but but that's I can do it uh, the hard way or the human way, and. Uh, he's he's so proud of himself, and Sam is yes. Sam is impressed as well. And he opens the door after he successfully picks the lock, and he's like this little after you moment, and it's yeah. just so cute. Yeah, it's a really sweet little beat there, and it reinforces still that Jack is worried about his usefulness, but we can see perhaps that is a bit more abated because now he actually has some skills that he picked up in the past that he is able to put into action. Like, we talked about how it takes time to get to this place, and here we can see the payoff happening for some of that time that he's put in. Yep, yep. 
But back to the recycling facility. <laughs> Dean has his flashlight out and they split up their search. Um, there's a bunch of boxes and machinery that they are wandering through. And Dean sees this um, camping cot and he goes over to the kerosene fire. I don't really it's know a, what to call it. Uh, it's not like a hot plate, but it's, you know, just a little burner. Like you said, a kerosene yeah. burner. There's yeah. a pot over it. And um, he pulls the same move. The same Kaya exact move. and her beans. <laughs> She's interrupted every time. I know. Poor girl. She's got to have such an instinct at this point that as soon as she sits down for food, she's just like hackles raised like someone's going to come and interrupt me. Right. The first episode when we um, had Dean, Sam and Jody at the campground and Dean goes over to the fire pit and he's like, still warm. She was here recently and it was like, same. Hey, same hat. Yeah. Yeah. Just let her eat in peace, guys. She's earned it at this point. The pot is still warm, and Cass says she's not here, but Dean says, well, she she was recently. Yeah, she's either hiked or she's hiding. But Cass points out that, you know, we haven't seen Michael's forces at all here. So how did that happen if they were closer and they had a head start? Yeah, and do you think that they beat us, beat us to it, basically, is the question being yeah. asked. But Dean doesn't think so. Jensen, your Texas is showing. <laughs> he- Tell me more. Is drawing those words so hard? I can't do the accent. I'm sorry. I but I can't do it on command. But when he says uh, so, things like, and they have a shorter drive, and he's, he's saying there's no signs of a struggle um, looking around. Uh, so the Kaya I know would have put up a fight. Uh, when he says all of those things, it's like so fucking Texas. <laughs> See, I didn't even notice. I'm going to have to rewatch and Please have my do. ear out for that. Please do. It was glorious. I definitely will. But in the meantime, back at Joplin, Jack comes out carrying the parcel. And he's just like, oh, well, it's lighter than I thought it was. And he's admiring the Happy Holidays sticker on it. And there's this black van nearby. Well, Jack's face, though, when he points at the Happy Happy Holidays stamp on the package, he says, Happy Holidays! And... Like, bless your child heart. His little face. But we can't have nice things. And uh, without warning, Sam gets clobbered on the back of the head. Yeah, our vampire and or werewolf dude, he comes out from behind, strikes Sam with the bat, and Sam goes down ringing. hard. Oof. Jack is dragged off into the van and Sam is struggling to get up. But as he rises, Michael is there. Yes. And now he grabs the egg and goes, happy holidays. Uh, Michael has the egg in his hands and Sam is, it's not good, lads. No. He is immediately asking, how did you find us? And gets his angel blade out and she's like, so what are you going to do? And Sam's like, well, you're going to kill me anyways. And so goes to fight. But Michael just tosses him into a delivery van nearby. But I like that Sam moment. He was like, brave, brave Sam. Yeah, defiant till the end. I know. He's so Mm -hmm. good. And just with that, presumably, like, you're at least close to a concussion there, lad. And yet you still get up swinging. Bless you. Yeah. And he is uh, thrown as a ragdoll into the side of a delivery postal van. And he goes ring-a-ling-ling once again. Yep. 
Michael is stalking forward. He has the egg in hand and just melts it, just makes it molten Mm -hmm. and falls between his fingers. And then throws Sam back again, and Sam is knocked out for good this time. Poor poor Sam. (laughs) Yeah. And as Sam's lying there, we hear his phone ringing, and we cut immediately back to Omaha and... Cass and Dean are worried because Sam isn't answering. Oh, yeah. So Dean basically just hangs up the phone and immediately gets another call. And Cass is like, Sam? Like, ears pricked forward. But it's Garth calling Dean instead, since Sam obviously isn't answering for him either. Yeah, it's obvious that they've tried Sam a few times and he's not answering and they're getting increasingly worried. And also, at loose ends, you know, Kaya's not here, so what do we do? Yeah, exactly. We're supposed to regroup with this weapon. We don't have the weapon and now we don't even know how things are going for you. So where do we head next? Do we go back to the bunker? Do we keep on to Kansas City? Like, what do we do? Yeah, yeah. No answers here, though. Yet. No. But Garth at least helps give a nudge in which direction they want to go because Garth says Michael just left a few minutes ago and was going to quote unquote back up his forces. Right. And he's just like, what fucking forces? Because there's none in Omaha. Yeah, well, he says, uh, a bit accusatory, he says, you mean the forces that were supposed to be here? Because guess fucking what? We've been fed literal garbage. <laughs> Garth doesn't know what to say. He says, I'm sorry, man. That's what they said. This is what they told me. And now we're getting a little worried. And we haven't even talked about... Okay, let's let's pause for a second. Okay, okay. Because we have... We are, we are ping pong on these scenes right now. Uh, but what are you thinking in this moment? Like, what are, not in this moment, throughout the episode so far. What are we anticipating? Because I know that as I was watching, I'm just like, uh, the tension is rising, right? Like, yes. It... it it was never a doubt in my mind that um, Michael is the eyes and ears of his monsters, you know, or he has eyes and ears in all of his my- monsters. I mean, the second that uh, we started like imbibing Michael Grace, I'm like, oh my God, zombie Michael brainwashed monsters. Yeah, hive mind scenario happening. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and then we always have in the back of our mind that, uh, you know, bolstered by the Dean's uh, fuzzing out moments in yeah. two episodes A lot of question ago. marks that got raised by that instantly. Yeah. Um, where again, you know, we weren't told, but you gotta, you gotta think like, is this Michael? Yeah. There's these foreshadowing elements that are carrying forward. And like, you're asking like, say where I was sitting at this point in the episode. It's like, we know that Michael is like Archangel, terrifying force. He's been through a war in his world. So he was definitely this strategic mindset and has had practice at this. You know, he has seen what worked and what didn't in the previous world. So literally like advantages across the board when it comes to whatever he wants to do here. But all we're hearing is this like suspicious plan at midnight and that there are these volunteers that are being infiltrated throughout the city. So the fact that now things seemed like they were going so smoothly for our heroes and now there's these questions being raised, I'm sitting here like banging the table. I'm like, it's Michael, it's Michael. It's Michael, exactly, exactly. You know, we've been so optimistic uh, about our plan. Well, not we, because me, I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Optimism gets you fuckers killed. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. The heroes are like, yeah, let's go. 
And I and and I am just oh my god, Michael is gonna fuck you guys over so hard. I'm like you have no secrets. So so like oh, I'm like rubbing my hands together, evil villain style, because I am just taking the sick pleasure in waiting for the moment when we figure out exactly what's going on with Dean. Yeah, we get this narrative element that's going right now where we as the audience can sense a bit more than what the characters are going through. And just, you can feel this building tension and you can also guess that all of these questions that we have with the relationship between Michael and Dean might be breaking soon too. Yes, yes. And And I'm, I'm glad that you brought up like the Michael basically having all of his monsters being like walkie talkies because when I was watching at first, I was thinking about how risky it was for Garth to be on the phone on a floor where an archangel is. I'm like, those <laughs> bitches have like Wi-Fi hearing, like they hear within infinite range compared to what humans do so the fact that you went into the coffee room and are like oh yeah and then i heard this and then i heard this i was like michael for sure is listening in on this and that is just a dangerous position for you and the people you're feeding the information to aka the winchesters exactly i mean hell when garth first took his little gray shot and michael immediately kind of moves over to the corner and he's talking in a quote-unquote undertone to melanie yeah. about uh, his plan and and the spear and all this i'm like i was like yelling at the screen garth He's feeding you information. No. Yeah, you are a tool in this element too because the fact that right off the get-go, Michael's going like, yeah, I know you from Dean's memories (laughs) and you said, yeah, we're still friends. I'm like, okay, you're fucked. Like whatever you think you are doing is going to have been twisted by Michael and used. Yeah, yeah. Which is where we're at right now. Yeah, we finally see that the confidence isn't quite enough to carry us through. Like, Dean is starting to get a little shaken by the fact that things are no longer going specifically to plan. Yeah. And he signs off the phone call with Garth basically saying, call us if there's any news. And when Garth hangs up, Michael appears right behind. We hear a fluttering Uh of wings and goes, let's talk. Oh, busted. Dun, dun, dun. Uh Uh-huh. But with Dean, he turns to Cass and is just asking, like, was this a setup? And Cass almost sounds exasperated, just saying, I don't know. And they're trying to guess what they should do next. Yeah, yeah. Sam's not answering, like we said before. Do we go to Joplin? Do we go to Kansas City? What do we What do we even do? Yeah, if our plan is falling apart, then what are we supposed to do until we can regroup? And where is that going to be? And when? Like, when, when, when? What is going on with Sam? Yeah, but uh, Cass has a breath, you know, his heart stops in his chest when Dean is threatened by Kaya appearing from the darkness. Dean's looking at Cass and Cass was looking offside and when he turns back to Dean, his eyes are a couple of saucer plates because the camera pulls back and we see that Kaya's spear is now nestled so lovingly between Mm -hmm. Dean's shoulder blades and she is ready to fuck them up. Yeah, yeah. Kaya says, why are you here? And Dean says, hey. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Cass is very alarmed. Kaya wants to know what they want, what they're doing here. And Cass encroaches, but Dean immediately is going, no, 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 Cass, Cass, no. Yeah. (laughs) Bad idea. He hands up, slowly turns around, and drops his weapons bag and says, we're just here to talk. 
Yeah, we're not here to fight. And so him telling Cass to stop, I think that Dean was already forming the plan in mind here. And like, we can't let this escalate to violence because the last time this happened, she kicked our ass and then she bailed. Spooked horse. Yes. Absolutely. They can't afford that in this moment. This is their one shot. Yeah. If the plan is falling apart, well, at least if they can get this, then they know 50% of the plan kind of carried through. And then question mark, question mark, question mark until Sam becomes available. Yeah. But Dean is trying, yeah, a new tactic. He just wants to ask for the sphere and puts the case forward saying, if you don't give it, like, kill me. Dean, come on. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry. I'm tired of it. I'm so tired of it. Dean. Ah. <sighs> It's fine. Like, how well did he think that Kaya was going to react to this? Like, did he did he come into this plan thinking that Kaya was an empathic person and would see his plight and go for it? Or did he genuinely YOLO it thinking odds were 50-50? Or did he just not care because he was genuinely so hell-bent on the fact that if we aren't able to kill Michael, then I don't want to live anymore? Like, Oh, I mean, I think it's a bit, uh, you know, I think it might be a 50-50 of the latter, too, uh, of, you know, what you said. One, that he, you know, is just taking a gamble. Is this going to work? It might not. Uh, But in taking that gamble, it's a, if you don't give it to me, then I genuinely, like, this is all I have. And this is, I mean, I don't know. It's, like you said, it's a different tactic of what we saw, but the same determination and the same driving feelings from episode three. Yeah. I have to go all in on this because if we don't have this, we're fucked. And like, but I just having that fortitude as a person to say, I am willing to put everything on the line. And I think that me putting everything on the line will be sufficient to make you bow. Fucking Sam charging an archangel with a blade that wouldn't kill him. Oh, well, fuck it. You're going to kill me anyways. Exactly. The alternatives that I could do in this moment won't save me. So I'm going to put all my chips on this one move. And, and, and Dean is, well, he, when he says, if you're not going to give it to us, then you should just kill me now. I'm like, oh, I want to shake him. Stop it, Dean. Yeah. But But he's saying his family is in danger and thousands are going to die without that spear. And Cass is so ready to cut a bitch. I know. I know. Cass is, Cass, shake him for me, please. I know you want to. Yeah. (laughs) Just see if you can knock that sense, that logic part of his brain loose because it's been jammed in some corner. It's not being used right now. (laughs) But Dean says, and this spear is the only, our only shot at hurting or killing Michael, the Michael that tortured me, the Michael that tortured you. And if you don't care about any of that, that I would lose everyone, that thousands would die, and that I could actually have a shot at killing the man who's been hunting you down for months, then, you know, you should just kill me now because uh, the world is ending anyways yeah and kaya is almost maybe taken aback well i think it's i think she sees it as a surprising move i mean if i want to get real deep into it do it do it do it 20 seconds go yeah 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 so well man you put me on a timer and now i'm nervous you put the timer on me last time and i was so stressed (laughs) even editing the episode afterwards i was like oh fuck (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. No. So I think that she is taken aback by this uh, because it is an unexpected move from Dean, at least in her eyes, because, I mean, the scar episode, the last that she saw Dean, he tied her to a chair, he beat her, and he was willing to torture her. Uh, well, he didn't beat her. He knocked her out. He tied her to a chair. He was willing to torture her to get the information that he needed. He was in her face, violent and angry. And here he is, you know, uh, supplicating himself. Yes. Straight off the bat, he's saying we're not here to fight. And I, I'm so glad you brought it up because Kaya, I think, really in the Scar episode had Dean pegged or... At least she was so confident in her she analysis was. of him that it shook Dean. And so now that still would be her perception of him. And yet now he is complete 180 on his approach. Yeah, and the tables so, have turned. Wow. Like, I think when she saw him in the scar, she was basically wounding him with the fact that she can see the facade and she can see him and knows that the front that he is projecting is fake and then in this episode here now dean is actually showing some sincerity and the fact that his sincerity involves i am willing to die for this is kind of like whoa like she's taken aback by it like we constantly well say. what she pegged as uh the truth behind the facade in dean's case is you are just like michael and that hit Dean right in his deepest, darkest fears, right? Yes. And then now, but now, like we said, he's he's doing it differently. And he it's almost an apology, I think. Because in the recap, again, we revisited that whole um, Dean pulling the gun on Kaya. And then the fact that he did tie dark Kaya to a chair and was going to torture her for information. Yeah. And if this is an apology, then Dean is also showing that he has learned from what he did last time. He's not repeating the same mistakes. And I think that just further bolsters the plea that he has here. Yep. Yep. And it seems to be working because Kaya is now bartering with them, saying that if I give you this, then I want you to get me back home. And it, Dean says the bad place and she says to me it's home and yeah. dean says there's no way you want to go back there what what are you talking about and like this poor girl I know. she says that she came to this world to escape life as prey but she spent the whole time here doing the exact same thing just different predators yeah she says it's no different i tried to leave this endless you know chase and here michael has sent all of his monsters after me and i'm just constantly on the run and it's no different at least in my world i understood the rules of the world and my place in it but here it's just all backwards and it's all wrong and this is no better than uh the bad place yeah, it's like starting over, essentially, because at least there you lived your whole life learning the rules and understanding them. But then you come here and it's like, oh, cool, I have to do the exact same thing, except I'm starting from ground zero, like, pass. Yeah, and we actually get a lot of, I mean, this 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 conversation... We get some world-building shit going on I for the know. bad place. We get a lot of interesting wayward things, a lot of intrigue into <sighs> the wayward verse, and it seems like... Like a setup, you know. I would love it. I would love it. 
we talked about the scar and there was world building there, but it also kind of felt like, you know. We kept calling it an epilogue. Yeah. Yeah. We kept calling it an epilogue. Now here we are reopening that door. Yeah. It doesn't feel like we're going to say goodbye to Kaya after this bit here. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like super intriguing. Kaya says the magic from my world, the magic that I use to get over here, it doesn't work here. So I'm like, oh, there's magic. Kaya, you're yeah. a magician. Yeah. Tell yeah. me more. And Eyes emoji. She says the, the special boy, uh, the special boy that used Kaya to open the rift, he can do the same for me. And yeah. Dean, oh my God, Dean lying out of his ass. He says, yes, he can. Yep. Jack can and Jack will. Yep. And you can see Cass having this moment of like, Kazawa, like <laughs> almost taken aback by Dean's brazenness here. But um, when Kaya starts questioning this, Cass backs up Dean immediately here. He goes in with a half truth saying that, well, we need to trust each other if we're going to go forward, but we don't know everything. Like if you're willing to give up the spear, then there's things you're not telling us. So, you know, some ground has got to be found here. Well, Kaya says, how can I believe you? And Cass cuts in here to say, you're just going to have to. And you know what? I don't believe you either. I think you're hiding something because for you to want to go back there, I think that there's something for you to be so willing to give up your spear. um, Yeah, your spear, which is your one and only weapon you've been using and has been shown effective against Michael, who is hunting you. And Michael's monsters who are hunting you. For you to be willing to give it up, there has to be a bigger reason and I don't think that you're telling us this bigger reason. And there's a level five backstory that she's not giving. And more intrigue, she says she closes it out. She just says, Do you have people you feel you are bound to protect? I have the same. Or I have those people too. And she hands over the spear but i am spiraling i'm like is kaya alive in the bad place well i'm like what's going on in the bad place who are the people i i i mean i think she might be connected to kaya if there are people if if she left i don't know there's one of two things either she does have people in the bad place like 100 style this community of of survivors uh that she cares about and she is their protector and when she left the world she was playing almost as a scout uh what is this new world this better world uh and she didn't expect to not be able to get back or she is still connected to our kaya and kaya is not dead in the bad place that's interesting. That was something I didn't even think about the first watch. And when she said that, I was like, what does it mean? Oh, yeah. Like, I was sitting there trying to recall the mechanics for dream walking here. If she only was able to share with Kaya or if she can use it to check on other people. Because we got the impression that our Kaya wasn't perhaps as adept at using her powers as this dark Kaya is. But it just raised questions to me of, you know, is she homesick because she's able to visit there mentally, but not physically? Things like that were just on yeah, the table for me. If she is dreamwalking there, then um, I think she would be able to wander at will. It, with a with a level of control, I'm saying she would be able to dreamwalk with a level of control that Kaya obviously didn't have. Yeah. But Kaya didn't just dreamwalk, she traveled 
physically to the places that she... Yeah, she came out with scars. Oh, so, so... I want more! Give me more! I know! You can't just drop this shit. And especially because when Kaya hands it over, like, she hands the spear to Dean and says that if you don't return this, I'll find you and I'll kill you. Yeah. And and he says, well, we'll get it back. Um, yeah. But- How are we supposed to find you? And she's like, you've done it twice. Like, do it a third time. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I do not do all of your planning for you. <laughs> Very dramatic. Yes. But that's Kaya. Yes. And speaking of dramatic, Dean takes a phone call here. And when he looks back around, Kaya's already gone. <laughs> yes. And the call is Sam. He's alive. Yeah. Yeah. And he's catching them up. Yeah, exactly. He says that Michael knew they were going to be there. He destroyed the egg and he took Jack. And they have this brief exchange of trying to work out like, so is this, was this all a trap from the beginning? What? And they, they basically said on, what does this mean? And they say... We there's only one thing to do. We we go to Kansas City and and we regroup and we get Jack back and we stop Michael because we're running out of time. Yeah. Sam is saying that the situation is more complicated than they realize because A, if Michael knew that they were going to be there, he's destroyed the egg. And not only that, but he had the opportunity to kill Sam. Like Sam says he didn't escape. He just wasn't killed. And now that they are trying to call Garth back, Garth isn't answering. So it just leaves Kansas City is their best guess of where to go to find out what's happening. Yep. And it sounds like Sam is the one who's a little bit closer because Cass certainly orders him to not go into the plaza alone. And Sam is just like, okay, I won't. And like (laughs) lying through his teeth. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drive fast. We'll meet you there. Yeah. And so the next scene, we see Jack being dragged into that room on the high rise where he is brought in front of Michael and he's asking why Michael didn't kill him. And Michael lays out more about his, you know, personal motivations and his mindset than we've had before. Yes. We haven't seen really Michael going into depth about why he's taking this approach with our world and what he intends to do with it. Because I remember on first watch, I was firmly in the, what does Michael even want camp? And from the beginning, Michael in this world, I've just been waiting for, you know, what's the point? And, and what's his, what is he, what is he doing? And what does he want? And we don't answer all of my questions here, but we, we do expand on it a little bit. He, he says, you know, he talks about why he has a, a particular fondness for Kansas City. He says in his world, uh, he enlisted a garrison of angels to level it to the ground, Sodom and Gomorrah style. He didn't say that. This is my, my input. But <laughs> His monologue is definitely evoking like a biblical level of fuckery. Right. He says, you know, destruction from above. But those large scale <laughs> nukes just uh, gave rise to this um human resistance and it it got messy he says this time he's trying something a little different he instead of destruction from above he wants corruption from within yes with his army of monsters he is going to transform every man woman and child into one of his own yeah they're not going to have an opportunity to form a resistance because he's just going to take them out in one fell swoop yep he's he 
werewolves and vampires alike, it doesn't matter because they'll all belong to him. Yeah. And Jack basically just follows this monologue up with hate you. <laughs> yeah, he says, why do you think I want to hear this? I hate you. <laughs> and then and then and then Michael's like, you're just a baby. Yeah. <laughs> You have no idea what time will be like. Like, you've had less than two years, and you're like, oh my god, it's been forever. And it's like, honey, you don't even know. He says all of these things, humans, monsters, even angels, they are as insects to things like you and I. Yeah, they're as equivalent to atoms. And that Michael and Jack, they're family. They're the only archangels left, and like, Jack's Michael is in the cage, and so yeah, they're that's really one thing. The, let me yeah. let me interrupt you. That's one that's one line that I actually missed entirely on my first watch. Jack says, "We're not family. My uncle's in the cage." And he says, my uncle, and and this is like the literal first textual acknowledgement of Michael being in the cage since like season 11. Are you fucking kidding me? And we also got like a tiny little snipper earlier when um, Cass, Sam, Jack, and Dean were laying out all of the things they have at their disposal. Like Sam saying that we can use the egg Rowena spell and see if they could throw this Michael into the cage. So like this is twice yeah. in one episode we've been talking about the cage and like archangels in it eyes emoji mm. yes side eye curious. so one. curious so curious um do you think that michael actually uh wants to bring jack in or is he just using jack as bait because he knows that the winchesters are coming and he's going to kill them i think that michael considers jack in his current state powerless and like not anything to trouble himself over and so this is an opportunity of you know if he can be swayed I'll try and sway him because A, either he'll agree and then it'll be easy peasy for me because Michael is saying here that it'll be centuries before Jack gets his power back yeah. and he has no idea of his capabilities, but in the time that they'll spend together, they'll grow alike and Jack's loyalty will fade to the humans and so will the differences that they have. So he sees that as like a winning scenario. And then alternatively, if Jack says no, well, Jack is still a weak little baby and Michael's just going to do what he's going to do. His plan is already in place. I just wonder if Michael feels an actual kinship with Jack, not from a familial standpoint, but from a power standpoint, because there is no being at, as powerful as, as Michael and Jack, discounting God, but God's gone. I just really struggle with the notion that he would care about that, because in his world, he killed Lucifer, and then he had the next one appear, and was immediately using him for juice to open up a portal. Like, he doesn't seem to show this particular regard for people in his own power grade. He sees these things as tools. And so, to me, him offering to Jack this deal was just basically he now gets to be the mentor and have a tutor. You know, he has uh -huh. a protege that he can mold in his shape and it just gives him that god complex he so clearly has. <laughs> he can now put it towards something someone who is arguably going to be more powerful than him when he is at the height of his powers. I like that. I like that better than my, is Michael just lonely theory? <laughs> I can't see it because 
I, I don't want to get ahead. We get more insight next episode into what his motivations are. But yeah. he spent last season fighting Jack and Jack being a thorn in his side. And here Jack is absolutely weak, but capable of recovering. And it just feels to me like Michael sees an opportunity to just, you know, I'm going to throw this out here, see how it shakes down. And if it doesn't go anywhere, I don't super care because this is a side quest. It's not my main quest. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I I agree with you on that. But I just have, I mean, I, again, love this actress that's playing Michael. And, oh, and so good. We, it's hard to capture just the tone of Michael's dialogue and monologue here. But my notes just say epic Michael is epic. Because, <laughs> because this is the Michael that I always want from every Michael scene. It's just that absolute archangel surety and yeah. that scale of angels that we don't really visit as often as I wish we would. Yeah. It's this calm, subtle confidence, like such a self-assurance that there is no need for there to be bells and whistles proclaiming it. It is just there. It is taken for granted and it's unshakable. And Jack has no concept of time, but Michael and, you know, world to world, you will know the kind of time that makes mountains and that forms mountains and Kansas City, this, that or the other doesn't matter. Yeah. These details that you're clinging to, they're going to fade. I can tell you that even though you have no concept of what it is right now. Yeah. Epic Michael is epic. Yeah. <laughs> But Jack is just, Sam, Dean, and Cass will come for me, and Michael just shrug emoji leaves. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And then we are in the parking garage for this building. The vampire slash werewolf question mark dude that we've seen, <laughs> he and the Chad bro are going over what the plan is. Like, the vampire is really hammering it in. Wait for Michael's signal. Head outside. So the bro goes running off and the vamp sees a blue vintage car sitting there and he's kind of squinting at it. But not for very long. Well, well, I'm sure he recognizes it as the car that, you know, he just saw at the post office a few hours ago. Yeah. How did that get here? But uh -huh, uh -huh. no time for answers because Sam comes up behind him, catches him by surprise and capitates that fuck. He is dead. <laughs> Lol. And inside, Melanie is walking by, which she happens to see the cameras. And, oh, dude, there's a headless body downstairs. Uh -huh. We threw those things in the garbage disposal. That's got to be new. Raise the alarm. No, she doesn't even want to raise the alarm. She just starts mashing on the buttons. Yeah, she rushes off to the elevator. And when the door opens, she's looking behind her. And says, like, well, that's perfect. Die. <laughs> So she gets like the most unglamorous death. She's just just head chopped off like nothing. I know. We kind of liked her too, but. Yeah, she was fun. Wow. She's Wah. dead. <laughs> ah, well. Yeah. Sucks, but carrying on. Um, Sam finds Jack. Makes it to the penthouse. Yes. Cuts him loose. Uh, yes. And no Michael to be seen. Nope, but they hear footprints. Or sorry, they hear footsteps. 
yeah, yeah. This ominous tint. Well, it's not. I, I don't even. It's not ominous. It's just we have this uh, supposed a quickly to be approaching moment. dread. <laughs> yeah, we have this tense moment where we like hear the approaching footsteps, and I was like, okay, this is. I I know how TV works. This is not Michael. It's probably like Dean. Uh, but but yeah. the door Michael, opens. First of all, wouldn't trod that hard. Would just <laughs> flutter in. But yeah. But but the door opens and it's Garth. Hi Garth. Yay Garth. And he's like, oh hi guys. <laughs> but but uh, I can't even be happy because I'm like no he's a he's a plant he's yeah. not himself anymore he's a sleeper agent he's oh been no fucked. oh no yeah they hit the elevator they exit into the parking garage they are getting ready to regroup with Cass and Dean and we did not have to wait long for the sh- other shoe to drop because no Garth has a tummy ache and yeah. he is uh, bent double and he is struggling with himself and Jack uh, was like hey dude are you okay he walks over there tries to say hey Garth and Garth, Garth just introduces him to the back of his hand and Jack Jack goes flying. Totally wolfed out. Jack goes flying. And Sam is just, oh shit. Yeah. We also get this scary insight into what we were saying earlier about, like, this Michael turning, what it means. And Garth is just sitting there saying, like, he hears Michael in his head and he's being forced to turn against his will. Yeah. Yeah. He says, I can't and help Garth it. Garth even goes, I'm sorry. Oh! Garth! And and Sam says, no, no, no. No. You, uh, Garth. Fight it, fight it, fight it, fight you it. You can fight it. You can fight it. And, and Garth says, I'm sorry. And me, I am like, don't kill Garth. Don't you fucking dare yeah, kill Garth. Don't you fucking dare have Sam kill Garth, let alone Garth killed. Like, don't do it. Don't do it. And so uh, Garth, totally out of his mind, charges Sam. There is this uh, extended fight scene where we're trying to, thankfully, ca- uh, Sam does not draw that machete. No. Sam is on the defensive. He's trying to do a chokehold on Garth, telling him to keep fighting this possession. Jack comes and tackles Garth, grapples <laughs> with him, and it looks like he's on the losing end of this pinning. But then Sam returns with the chokehold, and he he holds until Garth is knocked out. Yep, yep, he says. <laughs> and uh, Sam just kind of dumps Garth to the ground. He's like, sorry, man. Yeah. And we cut immediately to uh-huh. Dean loading Garth into the trunk of Impala. the Impala. Tied, hogtied Garth, uh, unconscious in the back of the Impala. They <laughs> they said, sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah, sorry, dude. Boom. Yeah. And turns right to Sam, starts admonishing him for not waiting. But Sam says yeah. that he had no choice. Yeah, and we have Cass in the background uh, healing Jack of uh, his yeah, wounds. I wrote that too. <laughs> and D- Dean being a goober with the spear, he's so proud of himself. He's like, eh, "But we got the spear. We have we have a plan." Yeah, uh, he tries to give it a little twirl. Yes, and we get this quick little idea that's going on here, where Sam mentioned that Garth has drank Michael's grace, yeah. and that Michael must have been spying on them, and then that's how he knew what was going on. So the theory right now is, well, if we kill Michael, then maybe that'll be a cure for Garth, yeah. and also that Sam has called the other hunters in their hub, and they're coming to help in the city to try and keep hold. Of whatever is going to happen here. Yeah, he says the hunters are on their way in case we fail. Yeah. And like you say, Dean has his little gymnastics with the spear. <laughs> and it's so hard to do physical comedy and Jensen's so good at it. I just am very happy when he gets to throw those chops around. 
It was so, it was so good. And uh, so, like I said, Jack, Cass heals Jack. Uh, we we have laid down the groundwork on what what's going on going forward. And we get my favorite scene probably from years of the show. <laughs> I I loved this. Yeah. There's this building music as they're talking about, you know, Michael doesn't fear us. He can sense Cass's approach. They're walking into a trap. Michael is waiting for them. And Dean just impossible odds feels like home. And the music finally crests <laughs> and Ode to Joy is playing as they march with their weapons out towards certain doom. <laughs> Exactly. They're just standing united. They lay out these impossible odds, but they're smiling almost. Yep. They're just like, well, we're boned. Let's go. (laughs) And then we have that swelling orchestra of Ode to Joy, and we are walking through the parking garage as one that that Guardians of the Galaxy... (laughs) The cherry bomb. Yeah, cherry bomb moment. And... It is so good. I have, like, my heart grew three sizes this day. Oh, and I I just love it because, okay, Dean with the spear, Sam with his machete, Cass with his angel blade, and Jack with his sneakers. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. He's just, but he's just, like, the whistling uh, Mickey Mouse just jaunting along. He's He's going. He is here, even though he has nothing but gumption and pluck. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even think about that, but I love it so much. This is oh. Team Free Will 2.0. Two salty hunters, a newly resurrected angel, and nougat boy. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. Such gosh. a good moment. A great moment. Like I said, one of my favorite moments from the past few years. Such yeah, a great moment. I've seen it on first watch. I definitely rewound and watched it a couple times and uh-huh. it, it doesn't get old and um one other thing since we're talking about the score of this episode um two things that got me we when we were talking to kaya we had this uh, music that we have not heard before i don't know it struck me as something that was maybe uniquely wayward Oh, don't do this to my heart. <laughs> and, you know, between the opening bit of uh, rocking around the Christmas tree and this uh, Ode to Joy, but even the background no- music, I can't pull another specific example, but I, I do know that multiple times through this episode, the background score has uh, caught my attention, which, like I said, it's, I, don't, I don't know why, but it is unusual. And I think it was for a reason. Maybe we had a different, you know, a little change in the usual pace here. And it just helped elevate the situation that was going on, both as like these subplots of go grab the MacGuffin, get back on the track, and also this overarching plot of what we're going to do about Michael. Yeah, yeah. I like the score of this episode. I don't, it was, uh, if someone, if, hey, dear listeners, if someone wants to hit me up about the score of Supernatural, you know, I'm always interested to learn. I just, uh, uh, we're plebs and we don't know what to Google. I know. Exactly. That's, that's music. Good. This episode question mark. (laughs) Oh shit. There's no good results. I wonder why. B, you always say it best. 
<laughs> we have back in the penthouse after this glorious moment back at the penthouse impatient michael yes michael is pacing pouring a drink trying to get settled in a chair like basically <laughs> trying to decide what to look like exactly should i wear shock should i wear intrigue like how best do i exude i do not give a fuck about you guys being here he is trying to position himself like as is is dramatic stance at the window correct is is casually lounging in my armchair the best it's just it, it just very austin powers dr evil uh, I, I i'm surprised he didn't sit himself in the office chair so that he could spin around <laughs> dramatically to face the door as they came in he's like i i'm not at all here for the drama like this is just what anybody does pacing <laughs> pacing drinking i don't even care i don't even like these people like i don't even care well he he he, ha- he is tapping his fingers impatiently against that glass and he says come on boys you're gonna miss the show yeah and then finally caves like okay i can't sit here and wait i have to go find out what's going on and so <laughs> he goes to wander the hall and is just calling out basically that you know i can sense you Cass. You're not fooling anybody. Uh-huh, uh-huh. No need to play. I'm like, but you're sitting there. You want them to be following a script. And now, <laughs> yeah, anyways. Cass jumps out mm-hmm, and starts mm-hmm. fighting Michael solo. No need to be coy. I, 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 We have this fight between Michael and Cass. And let me just say, my thirst is real because I'm so sorry. This woman moves with such, like fluidity and the way this movement this this uh michael actress moves in these fight scenes is so good it's so she's just like leonian like prowling she's so graceful and freaking phenomenal and i forgot to mention but when we saw her earlier she was fidgeting with her ring and it looked like one of those ridgeback tortoise shell rings i was like that's gonna hurt whoever's gonna get that fist and guess fucking what <laughs> it's Cass. yeah his face is the landing pad for this horrible ring oh my god michael forces Cass to his knees he says uh, why did you come alone Cass?" yeah what's the plan here was it strongest player first not that strong. And she just pummels him with this ring and she drags him. And, and we actually see a shot of the bloodied ring. And yes. poor Cass, his face is freaking ground meat. Blech. Blech. Sorry, listeners. If <laughs> B, you can cut that. Uh, no, don't cut that. Uh, I'm waiting for my face to relax. It's just <laughs> a grimace right now. Well, he... She says, let's go find your friends. And she drags Cass back to that room that's been home base and throws him to the floor. But she's not fooled. She turns and catches out uh, both Sam and Jack trying to come at her from behind. Sam and Jack are like the worst hide and seek players in this moment. They're just up against the wall. Like, if we (laughs) stay still enough, Michael won't notice us here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not great. But they were just, all Dean needs is a second uh, of distraction because when Michael turns to these bad hiders, uh, Jack and Sam, and throws them against the opposite wall, Dean emerges from the closet 
and goes straight for a stab to the back. Except, except... Michael's ready. Michael's too good for you. And Michael dodges and goes, oh, you got it? And Dean just, I sure did. Like, the spear is out in action. It's the same, it's the same, like, Michael dance that we've seen from Michael in all of Michael's fights. So kudos to the actors who are playing Michael. Like I said, that, she's beauty, she's grace. Yes. And it's very unusual to, I, I mean, I don't know shit, but it seems so unusual that Michael doesn't seem concerned about using his arms in fights. Like, he just is dodging and isn't really even looking concerned about being on the offensive. Is just waiting for the moment. Doesn't need to take advantage of every moment. Just, no, I'll see it when I see it and I'll use it and you'll be dead. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, Michael has a very unique flavor to his combat and it has carried through. And I appreciate that. As a viewer, it's yeah. really cool. It's just cool. And so love the fights. I, I, we, we've talked about the fight coordinator before uh, in the last few years. It's just been a really, yes. really Chef's great. Chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. I love it. Michael here kicks Dean. The spear gets knocked aside. And then Dean gets lifted in a chokehold. Well, well, for as clumsy as Dean was with his little baton twirl earlier, uh, he, he's bringing out the moves now for sure. But he still loses the spear. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I don't know if that's how you're supposed to use spears when you're fighting. I don't know, <laughs> again, enough about fighting. But I was like, spears are jabby. What, you're not supposed to helicopter dick your spears? Well, Kaya, by all means, go ahead because she's killing it. Oh my god. But Dean just like swinging left and right. I'm like, it's not. It's not a slashing weapon. It's not a scythe. Like, you're not making hay here. (laughs) Stab him with the pokey end. But again, if I was in this fight, I would have been like, oh, no upper body strength, dead. So Dean's doing better than I was. But yeah, Dean lifted in a chokehold. Michael yeah. just taunting. Oh, I'm so glad that you can make it tonight. Oh, yeah. I know you hate me, Dean, but don't forget you let me in. And just pointing out that you're going to see all of what your mistake made possible. All the death, all the bloodshed, it's all on you. Yeah, and I'm so glad you're here to see it. And we get a couple of cuts to uh, Sam struggling to reach the spear from, you know, struggling against this hold that Michael had on him at the beginning of the fight. And he says, Dean, heads up. And yeah, he manages to slide the spear towards Dean and Dean grabs it and does a wild swing, but it cuts Michael. And Jack calls for Dean to kill him. But Dean is sort of frozen Uh, in the moment. Jack calls for the same thing that I have been yelling at my screen ever since he picked up the the spear. Because this is like a prolonged, it's a bit prolonged, right? Well, we're like, come on, where is this fight going? Because Michael, either you can take him or you can't. Or like... Dean, step up, kill him. Well, so yeah, uh, Dean gets a good hit in and he is with the spear to Michael's chest. He is backing him against the glass. And I'm just like, Dean, 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 Dean. This angel has wings. Could just go and be gone. Like take advantage, seize the shot. Dean seems to be hesitating is the point. And then Jack calls out. Dean, kill him. And that's when 
it all breaks bad. Yes. We start seeing why Dean is frozen. And it's these flashbacks that we've seen of Michael's actions so far this season. But then they get interspersed with Dean in this unknown location, which seems to be a bar. And the last of these flashbacks show Dean kind of looking around like it's a bit peculiar, but he's standing behind the bar. And back in reality, Michael sways on his feet falls over Dean's vision is swimming and then we know we're fucked yeah yeah because we get the same ringing the same swim of yes. you know, swimming the underwater feel to Dean's vision oh no B why didn't you know B it's what oh. I've been thinking the whole time the fact that Dean's vision swims it's like yeah you're going back underwater hi Remy do you like to suffer <laughs> because my brain was like hey it could have been pleasant. Have some pain. And I'm like, but I don't know. Oh, okay. I guess I'm eating pain now. My entire brain is just like a, a empty dial tone. <laughs> I'm sorry. Remy what can't come to the fuck? phone right now. <laughs> I feel like that's why they picked it. Because, okay, like vision swimming, blah, blah. But the fact that the metaphor used for Dean's possession his torture has been drowning. I'm like, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All these dots, they seem to connect into one sad picture. Uh-huh. 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 You okay? Can we keep... Yeah, can yeah, we yeah. We can, yeah we, can, we can go. I don't like to take a moment. I don't, I don't have anything to add to that other than thanks for the pain, I guess. Oh, my God. I didn't... I obviously didn't think about that. And I... um, I, You know, nice. 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 Yeah. Good. I do what I can to hurt myself and others. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Michael falls aside and Dean steps forward. And Sam, no. Dean, and, or sorry, Sam, Cass, and Jack are kind of like, Dean? No. Dean holds the spear out and then snaps it into. And with a blank face, turns around. And the Grace Michael eyes flare in This is the moment we've been waiting for. (sighs) This is the moment we've been waiting for. Because for Michael to have left Dean after the first two episodes of the season. And we were told uh, in the hiatus of season 13 and season 14, you know, Michael's going to be around longer than you would expect. Because people were kind of equating this Michael Dean to what, to Demon Dean in the, you know, season nine, season 10. And it was kind of like, what are we going to do? You know, we know what we did with Demon Dean. What are we going to do with Michael Dean? And just like I said, when we did episode two, this was unexpected for Michael to be gone so soon. But, but, but we have been building up since then. We have been building up to this moment. Exactly. Yes. And it's such a good payoff. I really, you know, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm screaming, no! But at the same time, it's like, yes! That's the reaction that you want the audience to have in this moment. And and you see Sam do it too. He goes, no. And Michael goes, yeah. Or, it's like you're saying, like, you didn't think to question why I gave up Dean? How did you guys not think that there was something suspicious there? Like, why didn't you investigate that further? Like, just salt, meat, wound. I'm going to pour it on <laughs> there, Michael is saying. Yeah. But... 
why is the question, and Michael is happy to answer it, saying uh-huh. that Dean wouldn't stop squirming. The entire time that he was possessed, he was just this extra element that Michael needed to put effort into to keep down. Yeah, and Cass then says, why now? And, oh my god, oh yeah. my god. And, and and Michael says, because I needed to crush him and, dis- and disappoint him so thoroughly, so completely, that he basically doesn't even know what hit him. Yes, and... Now, with that thought in mind, look at Dean this whole episode. He has been bolstered. He has been confident. He has been leading with his strong foot saying, we're going to be able to do this. And even when the plan didn't go exactly as follows, it was still impossible odds. Feels like home goes for it. And so as far as Michael was concerned with Dean, he's done exactly what he wanted. And Michael is kind of echoing the empty here even uh with the cast deal uh it's the same sort of Uh i i will wait until you forget to be worried how dare you bring up this comparison Uh, yeah yeah so that's what we've done right we just bided our time and we waited until Dean let the sun shine on his face and then crush him into oblivion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. And also, let me, let me, let me make it worse. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> see, okay. now I get to hurt you for once. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. You said, look at Dean this episode. He's been so optimistic. Um, but look at Dean this episode. He put his life on the line for the chance to defeat Michael in this, like, in this moment. And he said, if, if I fail, I might as well be dead. And guess fucking what? Uh, it's even worse. We have, well, well that's it. He failed. It's and even we have, worse. We have crushed all hope. And Dean, earlier this episode, said... If this is my one shot, then this is my one shot, and I'm I'm giving up after this. It, or if I don't make this shot, then there's nothing for me. It's all or nothing when it comes to Michael. That's exactly what Michael wanted. He said, we needed to drive Dean to give up. And you know, if Michael has left this door ajar, as he says, then we had that vision swimming. He's been able to observe Dean and how he's been coming along. And oh go, okay, yeah, the time is right. Yeah, yeah. Just in time for Christmas. Merry Shitscram. <laughs> what are yeah. you getting for Christmas this year, Dean? Oh, I'm getting boned. Oh my god. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, okay, so like, <laughs> no, Bobo is my. Ugh. Yeah, so. Michael did all of this, kept the door ajar to break and crush Dean, just so he'll be quiet, buried, Dean's gone, and finally takes another sip of that glass that he poured earlier in his other vessel, and Michael's army is ready for this, and what is this, quote unquote? It's Michael standing there as Dean with the fingers ready, and then snap fade to black it's the thanos snap thanos bullshit (laughs) but again bobo what the fuck bobo 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Thanos snap? Are you serious? It was such a troll, but it was so... <gasps> a gasp moment. Yeah, and the fact that this is the mid-season finale, like, this is going to be the cliffhanger that we sit with for over a month. Yeah. Where that fade to black, okay, so what happened, you know? Did the monsters actually unleash? Have the hunters arrived in time? What sort of chaos is going to rain down on Kansas if, indeed, that snap means all hell breaks loose. Kansas City. Yes, Kansas City. I'm sorry. Sorry. No, I hate that it's Kansas City, Missouri as well, so... (laughs) Our bullshit Kansas! Our Kansas! America! Explain! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I love that video so much! I know. I think of it every time (laughs) I'm trying to figure out places in America. (laughs) America, explain yourself. Yes. Oh my god, I fucking love that video. Okay, um, so, yeah. So, this kind of thing right here, this episode. You know what? Fuck it. This is my final takeaway, okay? Okay, yeah. We're, we're going Remy, into Remy, final... what is your final takeaway? Like, that's the end of the episode. What's your final takeaway? <laughs> so, this kind of episode is what makes me so, so very excited for... Our live watch, when you know, after this uh, hiatus season 14 rewatch, I am so ready for that season 15 live watch when we are going to be recording this podcast fresh from from yes. episode to episode. And I am just like, my mind is fucking galaxy brain because in this episode, we had both all of the speculation on the, you know, so much feeling, so many feelings and so much speculation tied into the cast deal. Mm-hmm. We had the accumulation of all of our speculation on Michael and Dean. And we had the fucking Thanos snap where just like you were saying, you are just spit spiraling down this rabbit hole of what could this possibly mean within the universe of supernatural what did we really just fucking do that did did we really just unleash an army of monsters on an entire city that is set in an organized like is yeah an underground infiltration that is ready and raring to go this is apocalypse world like level shit here Uh, did we just out the supernatural world to the world that was these are all the thoughts that i was having when we watched it live oh yeah I remember when we watched this and we reconvened after on the initial airing that we just sat there and were so excited to speculate about, you know, if they have the fortitude to go forward with something as universe altering as an entire city revealing the supernatural. Yes, Yes. And again, the Thanos snap, I mean, there's certain, you know, there's a certain weight to that, you know, cultural call, you know, that that image. Yeah, we ended on a cliffhanger within the Avengers series of, you know, there was this world shaking consequence to the snap happening and here bobo is invoking that image that is so fresh in the cultural mindset at the cliffhanger for this element too 
Exactly. I'm so glad you were here to put all of my all of my bumblebee <laughs> thoughts into words. Um, it, it, it's so we talked for probably an hour and a half just oh yeah talking about this mid-season finale it's so exciting and it's why i love this show and this episode just evoked so much of that in me this this is why i love the show yes it was just a very exciting thing to go to other fans and other friends and be like did you see okay what did you think about that like all the questions that came up because of this choice in the or the choices that came up in this episode yeah 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 i (laughs) uh, this this was a this was just such a wow wow yes episode so yes that's fine oh 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 secondary final takeaway i'm not gonna lie i was uh, i spent about 20 percent of my attention uh, throughout this whole episode was just internally ragging on the hilarious poopery that is the spear prop it's so bad (laughs) it looks so bad Every time I see that sphere, I was like, what animal did that come from? Like, is that a fibula? Is that a tibia? Like, I don't know enough about bones, but I'm like, it's got to be the skinny bone that goes beside a fat bone inside of a very large animal. And like, it's a literal cock and balls. It, yeah, it does have a very Freudian perception. (laughs) And, and, uh, it's like every time that we fight with the spear, we get these clang, clang, a metal, you know, tip sounds in the, in the, uh, Foley. Yeah. And, and, but it's just like this, this hunk of wood, you know, I understand you can't, you can't be swinging Is it around. fossilized bone? Like, and it's, that, but we I'm get like... metal, we get metal like shinks. When we're fighting with it. So I'm like, oh my I god, it's so, it's so bad. Hey, I would buy it off eBay, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I love it, but I also like to tease it. I do. I definitely... Uh, it's It was distracting how bad it was, because we had so many, oh, so great close-ups of that prop. And I'm like, oh yeah. no. And it's, it's like all at eye level height when they're <laughs> holding it there. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. So <laughs> what was what was your final takeaway, B? Oof. I, I think I got to piggyback off yours and just say that the the way that episodes like this spark your imagination and like we both like to do transformative natures to the shows that we watch. We like reading fan fiction. We enjoy that aspect that complements the show. And to have an episode like this where you get the floodgates open and you know you get to sit there for a month wondering what's going to happen it really just sparks the imagination and i just enjoy media that gives the opportunity to puzzle over it and ponder its elements and just see what fashion you would come up with before the show actually goes and concretely says okay canonically this is what happens next yeah yeah this was a freaking season finale level mid-season finale <laughs> yeah, of epicness. And there was a lot of elements at play that Bobo had to balance. Like there had to be the checklist of elements that they can use against Michael. And they had to have the counterploys that Michael was performing and how they were reacting. And it all happened so quickly. 
end so neatly. Like, it's really deft writing that I enjoyed and appreciate. So once again, thank you, Bobo. Thank you, Bobo. I know I like to curse your name, but... (laughs) It's all with uh, endearment of cursing. Mm, mm, At times, at times. (laughs) Not all. We'll give you like a high percentage. And like you said, this this finale or, or this episode kept us engaged and intrigued for you know the whole of the uh, seasonal hiatus so yeah there was no flagging in the episode and then sitting outside of it the momentum carried so good really good episode yes thank you bobo yeah uh yeah thank you bobo that was uh episode season 14 episode 9 the spear and next week We are going to take a one-week hiatus, and we'll come back the week following with episode 10. Nihilism. Nihilism. I knew that, obviously. And as always, if you guys want to reach out to us, A, we love you for it, and B, there's plenty of places that you can go to. Um, We have our website up, nochickflickmoments.com or (laughs) nochickflickpodcast.com. Both will take you to the same place. And we have our email at nochickflickpodcast at gmail.com, our Twitter at nochickflickpod, or Tumblr. Tumblr, that's the one I was forgetting, Tumblr at nochickflickpodcast. Um, if you uh, enjoy our show, like or subscribe on wherever on whatever platform you get your uh, podcast. You know, it's a good way to keep track of us. So yeah, we look forward to seeing you guys there. And other than that... Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Cookie crisp. Yeah. That's not a thing, is it? Yes, it is. Cookie crisp. Yes, no, it no. has a howling wolf. Oh no. my god! What you is this? Damn Canadian! I thought we already had this conversation. We already had this. We conversation, have had this so. conversation, but apparently we're gonna have it anytime soon. Like it's not up. Oh my god! Cookie yeah. crisp. It's another one of our uh, uh, dirty American sugar cereals. Yeah. Oh Jesus! Wept. Yeah. <laughs> oh man.